All right, Fritzberg and BloodandFaith.com. It's the Tuesday after President's Day, uh, 2024. I have somebody close to me that goes to church on a fairly regular basis, and she was talking to me about uh, a place that she went that she doesn't frequent, and the pastor was all wrapped up in uh, welcoming the illegal aliens and um, demonstrating how uh, anti-racist he is. And and to uh, this person's credit, she cringed. She says it was cringe-worthy. And uh, I commented to her that... Uh, Unfortunately, there's many, many people, pastors and whites, white people, white people, that uh, love to pose. They love to pose. And this particular person from the pulpit was posing uh, and demonstrating his moral superiority because he welcomes the illegal aliens, and then he turns around and he asks the crowd for money. So he takes your money, uh, and he... And poses, and demonstrates his morality before the world, and you know it's a shame. And and uh, whoever this person was is by no means a one-off. You know that. And you have politicians that do the same thing. Oh, give us your money! Give us your money because we don't want to be intolerant and racist and xenophobic, and we're going to bring all these people into the country um, because it's good for us. The question is, who's it, who's it good for? How's it good for me? I, and, and I was talking to this person. I said, you know, they, they will come in and uh, we'll be forced to cut programs for Americans in order to provide remedial education for the illegals. As they flood our hospitals, we'll be uh, forced to cut the standard of health care for Americans in order to accommodate the illegal aliens. Uh, even now, you've got government programs where you, they're asking, demanding that citizens uh, house illegal aliens in their own homes. And it's not, it's not good. It's, none of this is good. Uh, and unfortunately, for a good portion of America, good portion of the pulpiteers, good por- portion of white people, um, they, they have to support the invasion. Otherwise, somebody's going to call them racist or xenophobic. And as you know, the, my biggest criticism is the self-censorship that we have uh, put upon ourselves because we're terrified of people calling us dirty names. We're terrified of people calling us, in theological terms, Beelzebub. And Jesus warned the church, he says, listen, if they called me Beelzebub, they're going to call you Beelzebub. Okay? Nobody believes in devils anymore, so we call people Racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, divisive, and anti-Semitic. And the, the churches and the pastors are the worst at this. What a pastor could be doing, what a Christian could be doing, what a white person could be doing is saying, hey, you know what? Um, globalism, this no nations, no borders concept, is from the pit of hell. And I can demonstrate it to you from the Bible. That's what they could be doing. That's what they could be doing. They could be saying, hey, let's go back together and read Genesis 9, 9, 10, and 11. And in Genesis 10, we see the table of nations. And nations are named after a common forebearer. This is race-based nationality, as described in the eternal and true Holy Scriptures of God. Well, we can't have that because that's racist. I'd encourage you to go and look up on my Gab feed or even at bloodandfaith.com. I have a short two-minute video on exactly this. 
and it comes down to this: when you, when you as a pastor, you stand before God, and He says, "How come, you know, how come you didn't preach this?" and you, and, and, and you're going to turn around and say, "Well, that was racist. I couldn't because it was anti-Semitic and racist." And now the pastor is going to be in, in a position where he's judging Jesus Christ and accusing Jesus Christ of these unforgivable sins. Stunning in the arrogance. Stunning in the arrogance. Because that's essentially what pastors do when they won't preach what's in the Bible because it's racist or it's anti-Semitic or it's intolerant or it's divisive. They censor Jesus Christ. They accuse Jesus Christ of sins. They accuse the Almighty God of sins. They put themselves, number one, they put themselves in a position to judge God, judge God morally, judge God truthfully, condemn God, accuse God. They accuse God. They accuse God. God, you're a racist. God, you're anti-Semitic. Jesus Christ, you're a racist anti-Semite. You're intolerant, you're divisive, and you're xenophobic. And so they'll get up in the pulpit and they'll preach whatever they preach. Do their moral posing. Show everybody how anti-racist they are. Demonstrate inadvertently how ashamed they are of the Holy Scriptures. Genesis chapter 10, the table of nations, based on bloodlines. The word nation in the Greek scriptures in the New Testament is ethnos, ethnos, ethnos. The different nations are different ethnos. That's the way God designed it. God designed it that way. God designed it in his nation, in his people of Israel, which have no relation to the nation of Israel that's prancing around there today. Those are identity thieves. They're identity thieves. Jews are identity thieves. Jesus Christ made that clear. Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9. They could be emphasizing the racial and ethnic character of nations as described in the Bible, as described as, as demonstrated in the ancient nation of Israel. They could do that, but they won't because that's racist. Like I said before, they run the Holy Scriptures through a filter created by the Antichrist. Created by the Antichrist. Y'all are looking for the Antichrist. The Antichrist is in our midst and, and Antichrist rules. And if you can't fight the Antichrist of today, you will never fight the Antichrist of tomorrow. You won't. You won't. If you can't fight the Antichrist and the beast of today, you will not fight the Antichrist of tomorrow. You'll keep submitting and bowing down and groveling, yearning for the acceptance of the world, of the beast, of the whore, of the Antichrist. So Genesis 10, nations are made up of distinct ethnic groups. You don't have to like it. It's the Holy Scriptures. You don't have to like a lot of the Bible. It's still the Holy Scriptures, especially if you're a preacher or a Christian, any Christian. Then you go to Genesis chapter 11. It talks about the Tower of Babel. Oh, that was just sort of made-up myth that, you know, somebody came up with. No, it's not. Mankind was told, Genesis 9, you, you fill the earth, spread out, multiply the earth, fill the earth, fill the earth. Don't just stay in a little corner. Fill the earth. Fill the earth. Fill the earth. Multiply and fill the earth. They said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to stay all together, one people, one nation, one language, and we're going to build a tower that reaches into heaven. Oh, wow. Huh. What does that sound? Sounds like arrogance to me. Sounds like the arrogance and the blasphemy of the beast to me. We're going to, be able, we're going to disobey God to His face 
And we're going to build a tower that reaches into heaven and make a name for ourselves. Arrogance and blasphemy. Huh, where have we seen that? Daniel, the beast of Daniel, chapter 7. See that in the book of Revelation? Where else do we see Babylon? Babel. Well, you see it in the last few chapters of the book of Revelation. Got all these churches, got all these, all these prophecy seminars. Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great and this beast. And we literally are living in the time of Babylon the Great. Globalism, the old Babel, is the new Babel, is the Babylon the Great. It's not a stretch. It's not hard to say this. What is, the, what is Babylon the Great? Well, you, where does Babylon come from? Well, it comes from the old Babylon. It comes from the old Babel. One world system, one world government. Oh, it's being, we're being set up for the beast and the Antichrist. We'll fight against it, the, the one that's here now. Fight the idea of no nations, no borders. Go back and explain to your congregation that a nation is based on an, based on an ethnic group. Well, you don't understand that. My congregation is, is multi-ethnic. And, and, and if it's not, it's all white. So, well, I can't say that. Then they'll call me a racist. <laughs> I don't feel sorry for you. I don't. I don't. You're going to have to deal with this. It's either the truth of God or it's not. And if it's not, fine, go your own way. Go your own way. Jesus Christ let people go their own way all the time. He looked at his congregation, so to speak, his followers, and he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And when they turned around and walked away because he was crazy, he looked at the 12, he looked at his disciples and said, hey, you can go too. It's okay. You can go. Go ahead. Really, it's okay. There is no greater honor in life on heaven or on earth than to serve Jesus Christ in the face of hatred. There's no greater honor than that. There's no greater honor than to serve our King in the face of hatred and opposition. There's no greater honor than that. Jesus Christ lived it. So James and Stephen and Peter and Paul, Jeremiah, Moses, Joseph, Noah. They all worship the same God. The patriarchs worship the same God that I do. They all worship Jesus Christ. The patriarchs worship Jesus Christ. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you worship some other God, that somehow the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. It's Jesus Christ all the way through. So instead of uh, lamenting the fact that evil exists in the world and coming up with new evils, you know what evil is? One world government is evil. The old Babel was evil. The new Babel was, was, is evil. Babylon the Great is evil. Well, you're, got, you're getting into political preaching now. Jesus Christ was not killed because he fed people or healed people. Jesus Christ got into the face of the political powers and he called them the devil's children. He got into the face of the Jews and he went after the Jews. That's why he was murdered. The Jews were very clear. Listen, if we let this man go, if we let him keep going, if we let this guy keep going, he's going to destroy our nations and, and, and the Romans are going to come and they're going to, they're going to take our nation away. 
That, that was political preaching. It was political preaching. Jesus Christ said, hey, there's another God. There's another king. There's another Lord. It's, and it's me. By the way, it's me. It's me, Jesus Christ. And the Jews lost their, lost their, they lost, they just went out of their minds. They killed them. They murdered them. Same story throughout the book of Acts. If the Christian church is doing what the Christian church is supposed to do, the Jews will lose their nut. They're going to lose their freaking minds. And they're going to come after you and try to murder you. That's the story. That's the story. That's the story from the prophets to the gospels to the Acts to the book of Revelation. If the Jews don't hate your guts, you're doing it wrong, man. If the Jews don't hate your guts and want to kill you, you're doing it wrong. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. They murdered the guy. They murdered him. And Stephen and James. And the Jews recruit. Make no mistake about it. They recruit. They recruited right out of the book of Esther. Esther 8, verse 17. Many, many, many people joined the Jews, become Jews, because they're terrified of the Jews. The fear of the Jews was upon them. I mean, heck, even, even Judas Iscariot gave up. He's like, I can't fight these guys. They're powerful. And, I, 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 and, he's, and he had 15 theological reasons why he was supposed to side with the Jews, so he sided with the Jews. He becomes the traitor. He becomes the founder of the fraternity of Judas Iscariot. He becomes the founder of the fraternity of treason by Christian pastors against Jesus Christ. By siding with the Jews and accusing Jesus Christ. And when pastors are silent in the face of what he says, John 8, 44, Revelation 2, 9, Revelation 3, 9, Genesis chapter 11, Tower of Babel, the Lord himself came down, the Lord Jesus Christ himself came down, himself came down and destroyed Babel. Oh, there's no nations and borders. Oh, we're all one in Christ. Really? Well, what was that little bit about what Jesus Christ did at the Tower of Babel? When he divided up the nation and forced them apart and gave them different languages. What's that all about? Oh, but there's neither male nor female, Greek nor, Greek nor, you know, whatever the other thing is, slave nor free. Really? Really? So you're into unisex bathrooms, not down there at First Baptist Church? First Independent Charismatic Church, whatever your church is? You marrying men now? Oh, oh, you're right. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, this is a really good time to be a Christian because uh, you get to make your bones, I guess I could say. It's going to cost you. Now, you want to go along, you want to be a Judeo-Christian? You want to be a traitor? You want to join the, 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 the whore of Babylon? The false wife? Go out there be loved by the world? Makes you an adulteress? Literally makes you an adulteress, a whore? James 4, 4, you adulteresses, you want to be friends with the world, you make yourself at enmity with God. That story is as old as the prophets. That's Jeremiah, man. That's Jeremiah. He had these people, Hananiah, he's out there, Hananiah's a great preacher, and he's a prophet, and his dad was a prophet, and Hananiah prophesies this thing, and Jeremiah comes up to him, and he says, man, I wish, I wish everything you said was true. I really do. I really do. And he goes away. And the Lord says, you go back there and you get in his face and you tell him that everything he said was a lie. 
That's what Jeremiah did. He went back and he got in his face and he told Hananiah that everything he said was a lie. And thus says the Lord. And of course, they try to murder him. They throw him in a, a pit. Ethiopian eunuch comes and rescues him, which is why we have an Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts that was specifically called out because he was an Ethiopian and he was a eunuch. The Almighty sent a man to convert him in honor of the Ethiopian eunuch out of the book of Jeremiah. This is, none of this is rocket scientists. Rocket science. You're going to have to grow a pair, I'm telling you. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. You're going to be hated. Oh, I can't be hated. I'm supposed to be a loving pastor, and everybody's supposed to love me. <laughs> you silly boy, you silly man. <laughs> Tell me who was loved in the New Testament. Tell me who was loved. Was Jesus Christ loved? Even his disciples left him. Was Stephen loved? He was murdered. Was James loved? He was murdered. And the, it, it, Herod murdered James, and, and, and it made the Jews really, really happy. So he's going to go murder John, too. What do you mean you're supposed to be loved? What is this? Where, what gospel is that? What gospel is that you're, you're coming from? Well, Jesus is just, just a loving and forgiving guy. He forgives everybody. i got to read this. this one. Luke 19.27 But these enemies of mine, says Jesus Christ, says Jesus Christ, these enemies of mine who did want, not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. Another translation says, slaughter them in my presence. Bring the people that didn't want me to reign over them and slaughter them right here in my presence, says Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus Christ said out of his own mouth. I thought Jesus was the nice God. Bring those people that didn't want me to reign over them and slaughter them in my presence. Slaughter them right here in my presence. Uh, gee whiz. Elijah did that to the dogs of Baal. Samuel did that to the king. And Samuel hewed Agag, King Agag, to pieces before the Lord Jesus Christ at Agag. Oh, but it gets worse. Luke 16. He's preaching a sermon to the Pharisees who were lovers of money, lovers of money, lovers. Who are the Pharisees? They're Jews, they're Jews, they're Jews. The Pharisees are Jews who are lovers of money. And he preaches this sermon to them. He talks about the rich man. The rich man. He dies and he goes to hell and he burns in hell. He burns in hell. The rich man died and was buried and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment. Abraham said, Child, remember that during your life you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he is being comforted, and you are in agony. You're in agony, and he's not going to help you. Jesus Christ is not going to help you. Later on, Jesus says this. He says, If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. The opportunity is great. It's great. It's infinite. Uh, but we've got to turn and face the enemy. We can't join the enemy. Come out of Babylon, man. Come out of Babylon. Come out of that false wife. Come out of that whore. You've got to turn and face the enemy. And if the Jews don't hate your guts, you're not doing it right. 
Oh, I just, I, I don't want to be accused of anti-Semitism. All of my anti-Semitism comes directly from Jesus Christ. I suggest to you that you do want to be accused of anti-Semitism by the Antichrist people, the children of the devil, the synagogue of Satan. You do want to be accused of that. If you're not, there's a problem. There's so many opportunities. There's so much bandwidth to turn around and charge at the enemy and destroy his ideas with the Word of God. With the Word of God. I mean, you read what Jesus Christ said. It's astounding. And even 2,000 years ago, they didn't like him. We're not supposed to side with the smart people. We're supposed to side with Jesus Christ, who's smarter than all of them. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. Oh, everybody laughed, man. That was a that was a winner. That was a church builder, wasn't it? Jesus doubles down. He turns around, looks at. He said, "You guys can go too. Really, you can't. It's okay. You can go too. I'll start over. I'll find some other people that'll preach the gospel." I mean, it's an honor. It's an honor. It is the greatest honor on this planet to serve Jesus Christ. Not like Judas Iscariot did. Thought you'd be sly and side with the Jews. I mean, we're worried about somebody calling us racist. We're worried about somebody calling us anti-Semitic. Hebrews chapter 11. Some were sauna too. Some were sauna too. Some were sauna too. Being destitute. Oh, I might lose my job. Being destitute. Being destitute. They, they, they wandered about destitute, living in holes in the ground, wearing sheepskins and goatskins. Christians. The opportunity is great if we just stand up and seize it. Fritzbergen, bloodandfaith.com.